Welcome to Truly Creepy with Brittany and Sarah. Seems like a... Hi. (laughs) My lighting is not great. It's a good thing we don't record this. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little little bright. Yeah, I need to get curtains. One step at a time. Hey, at least you have internet now, finally, though. Finally. Bet that feels good now, huh? It does. I never realized how much I needed it until I wasn't able to use it. I know, right? It's crazy how dependent we've gotten on this. I sent my sister a meme yesterday, and it was a picture of the family from uh, Little House on the Prairie, and it said, when your Wi-Fi goes out for 10 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) For real. My nieces couldn't watch TV the other day because the internet was out, and they, like, did not understand (laughs) They're like, I don't get what's going on. You should have seen it when we were trying to explain to the kids that internet used to not be wireless. And they're like, oh my gosh, what do you did mean? Did you play the DSL sound for them? Yes, I did. And they, it just <laughs> completely blew their minds. They're like, wait, you had to have a cord con- connected? And I'm like, yeah, and your phones didn't have internet. Like, your phone couldn't connect to Wi-Fi. And they're like, well, what did you do on there your phone then? I'm like, even text. I know. It's like that we we used T9 to try to communicate. And you really only called your friends after nine because that's when the minutes were free. Yep. And they're like, wait, what? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the computer, you had to use your, your home line in order to get to the computer. So if you're trying to get on the Internet, you couldn't be on the phone at the same time. And they were just like, And the Internet came going on a on? CD in the mail. <laughs> the Internet came on the CD and the mail. And they were just like, how did you live? I also told them how Netflix used to be in the mail, too. Yep. Or if you really wanted to watch a movie, you'd have to go to the local Blockbuster. I loved going to Blockbuster. It was, like, my favorite thing. Me, too. It was super fun, especially when you had sleepovers. And then you could just, like, wear your pajamas and go to Blockbuster and, like, pick out a bunch of movies. My dad didn't let me wear my pajamas in public. But <laughs> yes, so we went every Friday. Was- we had like family night every Friday and we would go to Blockbuster and get movies and then we would get Papa John's. Oh, that sounds fun. Simpler times. For real. For real. Well, speaking of simpler times, this is going to be part two of spontaneous human combustion since we have a lot to cover it just seemed a lot simpler to put it into two podcasts instead of just giving and, you guys um, a boatload technology. of information <laughs> and technology <laughs> and the fact that one of us didn't have a great internet connection and the other one had no internet connection. <laughs> we might as well have been on that dial-up AOL. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it it's been rough the past couple of weeks but hopefully we're on the up and up now i sure hope so i hope so so i figured that the best way to kind of start this one off is to do a little refresher not going into too much detail but just kind of going over a couple of the bullet points so we can kind of get back and caught up to speed so i am doing spontaneous human combustion this is the second part to that There have been 30 cases over the last 300 years. 
The first one was in 1654. They had one in 1644, but that was a post-death one. That's when the body was just like randomly caught on fire when they were going to examine it. And it just kind of like, poof, went up in flames. They don't know what happened. You mean that's not normal? Apparently that's not normal. I mean, that's news to me. So Learn something new every day. I know, right? So I also learned the other day that uh, crematoriums can't cremate bodies on windy days because the wind Mm -hmm. can get their pilot lights and stuff out and then the bodies will smoke and then the smoke will billow out and they get fined by the fire department. Yep. I learned that yesterday. So they coined the term in the 1700s, finally, and it was just, they, it was kind of a concept at the time. They had had a couple of cases of it. They didn't really have a term. It was just this weird phenomenon. Pretty much everything in the early time, it was just kind of hearsay, like, oh, my dad knew the doctor who saw this, and it just kind of passed through time. There was one where it was a night and he got really drunk and he like burped the alcohol and like burped up fire. And then they say that he was actually living in a completely different country and he had drank the rum and his whole body burst on fire. Well, didn't it turn, turn to wine? So it's just kind of like hearsay. They had um, a trial in 1725 where a man was accused of lighting his wife on fire to try to get rid of her so he could remarry someone younger and he had a young doctor come in and basically go into his trial and go hey no like he didn't do this she spontaneously human combusted like she just kind of went up into flames like he didn't do anything she just kind of combusted and it was enough to the court was like all right and just let him go, and they just kind of moved on from that. So it was like, uh, okay. So that it that kind of started to get the ball rolling because people that me, then started right. coming to him. kind of sus. So I mean, it's a it's a really strange argument, but I guess because he was just so convincing and so charming that he was acquitted of it, and they just said that the result of her death was a visitation by God. I mean, doesn't sound like how God's going to visit you, but what do I know? He's never visited me, so. Yeah, I mean, I feel like fire is the complete opposite, but, you know, who's to say? So that case was kind of what brought everything to light, and they they coined the, the name Spontaneous Human Combustion, in the 1700s, there was a countess who apparently burst into flame. The room, I mean, it was it was bad. The room was full of soot. It got into clothes. It was all over the kitchen, which is nearby. All this soot had seeped up into the room above it. There was soot in, like, this nasty film that was on bread that was in the kitchen. The butter dish that was in the fridge had melted. There was a candles and things like that that were all melted but the wicks had were still intact and never been burnt so there was a lot of weird things going on with that one her bed and her chair and everything were still intact they weren't burnt just one of her limbs so that was just another one of those where people were like okay well we we don't know what happened we can't 
tell you what happened. It gained more popularity because then Charles Dickens heard about this countess's story, used it, and one of his books called Bleak House to kill off one of his characters. And then we got more into Mary Resser, which she was the one who was in Florida, and they found her body in her chair where she had been sleeping. Same thing. All the soot is all in the air. Her light, like the like the light switches and where you like plug stuff in were all warped and melted. The candles again were all melted but hadn't been touched. The chair she was sitting in again not burnt down. Her body was all burnt except for her liver which had been stuck to her spine and her head which shrunk down to the size of a teacup. Which that's weird. That's just so weird and it's not a normal thing for spontaneous human combustion but for some reason it happened to her they don't know why it happened because at such a high temperature that the body has to be in order to burn her head would have just like it shouldn't have shrunk it should have just like turned yeah, to ash that's weird but it didn't yeah really weird really weird so that was one that they called the firefighters they had absolutely no idea they contacted the fbi and they have no idea what happened. They said it was caused by the wick effect, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but they think that she just kind of fell asleep with the sleeping pills and, like, caught on fire, just didn't wake up because of all the sleeping pills that she had been on. Interesting. But they really don't know what happened. So that one happened, that was the last one we talked about, and that was in 1951. So we have a couple more cases to go through. They're shorter than that one, but they're still very interesting and worth noting. Margaret Hogan, she was 89. She lived in Ireland. Again, they've noticed that a similarity with some of these cases, they tend to be older women. Here's another one. She was found in 1970. Plastic flowers on the table in the center of the room had been reduced to liquid. Television with a oh, melted... Wow. Yeah. She also had a television that had a melted screen and it sat 12 feet from the armchair in which the ashen remains were found. Other than that, the surroundings were almost untouched. Her two feet and both her legs from below her knees were undamaged, which is a similarity between some of the other cases. A small coal fire had been burning in the grate when a neighbor left the house the previous day. However, no connection between the fire and that for which Miss Hogan died, could be found. They had an inquest that was held on the 3rd of April in 1970 and recorded death by burning, but the cause of the fire still listed unknown. So this, again, was one where her legs seemed to be intact, the rest of her body burnt, things That's around so her were melted, but so weird. because everything so weird that the legs, like, stay intact. And then things like yeah. turn to liquid. It's just bizarre. The legs stay intact, but yet it's hot enough 12 feet away to melt a TV screen and completely melt plastic flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. No, not at so all. So then we're going to jump for nine more years. And they had another death, which they think was spontaneous human combustion. And it was Patrice Oziki. Ozik, Oz, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that. So we're just going to call her Patrice. You tried. <laughs> I tried. This was A Thanksgiving forever. weekend. And thank you. I'm, I, I tried. 
see it. It sounds very. It sounds very like Russian, but I just can't pronounce it. So Patrice is what we're going to call her. We'll go with this. Was Thanksgiving weekend. She was elderly widow again, older woman. She was home alone. She had said goodbye to her son Frank, who was going on a skiing trip. And this would be the last known interaction before she passed away. She was a diabetic and an alcoholic who was wearing a leg brace at the time of her death. And it prevented her from moving around very well. So she just was kind of, just kind of sat around. She couldn't really get around, get around too well. She didn't move. Yeah, she couldn't just really move around. She was also a smoker, which they think may have contributed to her incineration. Since she lived alone, it was hard to know when her death occurred, but they do know that the next morning when her daughter-in-law came to drop off something, she smelled the smoke in the house and called the fire department. When they arrived, they found the horrific scene. All that was left was a pile of ash, save for her legs. Again, weird with the legs, which were still intact completely with her leg brace still on and her shoes. Oh, wow. So, again... Really, really hot, enough to turn her whole body into ash, but her brace and her shoes and her legs were perfectly fine. That's so strange. It's so strange. The armchair that had once stood in the room she had presumably been sitting in was also destroyed. So this time the chair was actually destroyed. Normally it's not, but this one it is. Uh, Her unburnt legs and all other objects around her were completely unharmed. This included paper and plastic items that should have been destroyed near a fire hot enough to cremate a human being. So this time nothing else melted. So it's literally just a pile of ash and a pile of a chair and everything else is perfectly fine. This is the first one that the item they were sitting on was ruined too, right? Yes. Yeah, most, in most of the of other them, ones. It's like still intact. Yeah, the the chairs normally they're wooden chairs or you know they're sitting in in like recliners and they're perfectly fine, but in this one it was destroyed. Interesting. So that one's weird. That one's weird. Uh, they ruled it an accident, but there was no explanation for her death. Uh, Similar to other cases before her, she fit the narrative of a spontaneous human combustion victim, immobile, alcoholic, and unhealthy. Why this would cause someone to seemingly burst into flames, they don't know. There's a lot of commonalities, but there's really not enough to sway it one way or another. It's just they're all just kind of labeled as accidents. They don't know what happened. In 1980... We have a man named Henry Henry Thomas. He was 73 years old, and he was found burned to death in the living room of his council house in South Wales. His entire body was incinerated, leaving only his skull and a portion of each leg below the knee. I still don't understand that. <laughs> it's something in the knee that keeps it from, like, going any farther down than that. Like <laughs> I know. Like, is the kneecaps, are they just, like, the saving grace here? the uh feet and legs were still clothed in socks and trousers ew so even his pants didn't burn oh that's oh that's really weird half of the chair in which he had been sitting was also destroyed police forensic officers decided that the incineration of him was due to the wick effect 
which seems to be a very popular theory, and we'll get into that. I have a couple more cases left that, oh, God, I can't get over the fact that his trousers are still on his, like, Yeah, that's so creepy. I can't even imagine walking into a room and someone, like, being incinerated, but their pants are still there. Like, (laughs) what? Oh, my God, that's so crazy. Like, I don't know, that just weirds me out. (laughs) I know, it weirds me out, too. And it, uh, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, why? Like, the arms... The arms go out just like the legs, but the arms are never found. It's literally just like from the knee down. Oh, I don't it's, like it. It's so weird. I don't like it either. It makes me uncomfortable. So this one is the 1991 Oregon murder. In February of 91, in Medford, Oregon, two hikers came across the burning body of a female adult lying face down in fallen leaves. They alerted the authorities, and a local deputy sheriff soon arrived. She had been stabbed several times in the upper region of her chest and back. Both arms were spread outward from the torso, lower legs, and the surface of the neck showed signs of fire damage. The soft tissues of the right arm, torso, and upper legs were consumed. The majority of these bones uh, retained their integrity, although they were, like, pretty fragile. Between the victim's mid-chest and knees, the fleshy parts of the body were mostly destroyed. Crime scene personnel reported that the pelvis and spine were not recoverable, having been reduced to a gray powder. Her killer had soaked the clothes in the corpse in nearly a pint of barbecue starter fluid and set her ah. on fire. Yeah. In the... Well-oxygenated outdoor environment, the combination of circumstances, and a mobile enclosed body with a high fat-to-muscle ratio accelerated uh, with the accelerant, which was the lighter fluid, and the artificial ignition made it a prime for the wick effect to occur. The murderer was arrested and made a full confession. He claimed to have set the body alight some 13 hours before it was discovered. So this one, they say, was like a spontaneous human combustion, but... It sounds like a murder, though. Basically, <laughs> basically what happened was, was that she was, she was set on fire, but because of the circumstances of, like, her body, it just, like, it kind of ignited it. So, like, he, he went to murder her, but because of the certain conditions it just made for her body to be able to like combust and set on fire so it wasn't really spontaneous but because of being covered in the lighter fluid and having the open wounds it just made her body like perfect to be able to to combust and burn the way that other victims had in 2006 a body of a man was discovered at home in geneva almost completely incinerated between the mid-chest and knees, most probably due to a heart attack while smoking, followed by the wick effect. So you can see the wick effect kind of starts to come into play here a lot. The chair containing the body was mostly consumed, so this time the chair went as well, but other objects in the room were almost undamaged. It was covered in a brown, oily, or greasy coating. So same as the Countess one, everything was just, like, covered in, like, this weird, like, foul-smelling grease. They say the source of the fire came from a cigarette or cigar. The man's dog also died in another room of the man's apartment, which they attribute to a carbon monoxide poison. So that's sad. That is poor doggy. 
I know. In 2010, now this is the last reported one. This is back in 2010. A man named Michael was 76 when he died and matched many of the characteristics of the previous victims. The incident occurred in the early morning when his neighbors noticed smoke coming from the house and was not getting an answer when the neighbor knocked on the door. When the fire department was called to the house, they found that the fire was concentrated to a very small area of the house in the sitting room. They found the burnt body of Michael lying with his head facing an open fireplace. He was almost completely cremated, including his tissues and bones. The only damage to the house was the ceiling and floor directly above and below where his body was. When a formal police investigation was done of the scene and the body, it was found that no accelerants were present. His death had not been foul play. An autopsy showed that despite his health issues, he had not died of heart failure suspected that they had suspected, meaning that he didn't collapse into the fireplace from a heart attack as some people kind of like thought had happened. Because of the Uh extensive burns, an exact cause of death could not be determined, but it was not related to a heart attack. In 2001, the West Galloway coroner reviewed the case and after researching cases of presumed spontaneous human combustion, concluded that it was a strange phenomenon that had taken the life of Michael. In a statement following up an inquiry, he would later say, This fire was thoroughly investigated and I'm left with the conclusion that it fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion for which there is no adequate explanation. As a result, Michael's death is still officially considered spontaneous human combustion. This is the first death that has been considered to be spontaneous human combustion from a scientific basis since the the temperance movement. Even the earlier 20th century cases do not go on as far as to officially consider the death's combustion. So he literally is like one of the first ever recorded where scientifically they they said it was spontaneous human combustion. And so that didn't happen until 2010. So this has been going on since like the 1716, 1700s. And the 2010s is when he was like really the first time actually like shown to be a spontaneous human combustion. That's crazy. Yeah. It's really weird. So now we're going to get into more of the theories behind what, could actually cause it. So this is one of the <laughs> this is one of the strangest theories that has come out of this. And it's from a book from 1996 called Ablaze. And in his book, author Larry Arnold claims that there is a particle inside all people called a pyroton that can be ignited under certain circumstances. This hypothetical subatomic particle undergoes rapid nuclear fission to produce enough energy to spontaneously combust in a human being. He does not provide any evidence for the particle's existence. He simply presumes that it must exist because of the nature of spontaneous human combustion. Going through history cases of combustion, he explains how the theory of an explosive subatomic particle could explain the whole phenomenon with quote-unquote science (laughs) people who have read the book have knowledge of both human and body nuclear fission have reported that his explanation of the theory is not based on any widely accepted science he has both poor knowledge of nuclear fission and poor research of the historical cases he cites as proving his theory 
Although Arnold's book may not be the answer we're looking for, it is a comical at best and shows how much of this phenomenon (laughs) has mystified us. And even up to the late 20th century, people were confused enough by this phenomenon to make up their own explanations and try to understand it. So basically, this guy is just, he's just cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. He isn't even a, like, he's not even like a new, like a physicist. He doesn't deal with the body at all. Like, he just made it up so he has no expert knowledge he just like came up with a theory and was like gonna go with it let me publish this bad boy yeah seriously that's what he did he just was like oh i think it could be this like he literally made up a whole subatomic subatomic particle and this whole nuclear fission thing and was just like oh this sounds good so our body has to have this, even though he has like literally no background when it comes to anything scientific or related to the human body. I swear, if my morals weren't so high, I would be a very wealthy. <laughs> I'd just be blasting all sorts of nonsense all over the place, making tons of money. And I, I mean, right, exactly. <laughs> and it, enough people read this book. I mean, it was 96. There's a lot of people that picked up this book and read it. I mean, honestly, I don't know if it's still around today i think that they stopped publishing it because they're like i would hope so since there's no actual basis right like this is just complete nonsense yeah so now people just look at it and they laugh they're like wow this guy is like completely off of his rocker Mm -hmm. so that is that is his theory larry arnold if you choose to believe it i mean who knows? Maybe he's right, and we're all just oblivious to it. But the I don't more... know. I feel like the um, scientists would have figured that out by now. I mean, if we had some weird particle in our bodies that would just make us spontaneously combust, I'm sure I they looked like into it. <laughs> I'm sure that they would have looked into it, and I'm sure there'd be more than only thirty cases in the past three hundred years. If it oh, was something sure. that all of us humans have in our bodies. There would be way more than 30 cases. So not going along with this person deciding to just have their own particle that they made up, we have the Wick effect, which is the most notorious and what most people believe spontaneous human combustion actually is. And it is what is considered to be what causes the phenomenon to actually happen. So is it basically like you're a human candle? Basically. So there have been multiple studies on how this effect would work using both replicas and animal carcasses. However, since no case of verified spontaneous human combustion has been observed directly. Okay, little side note, that is the cutest little apple cookie I've ever seen. (laughs) One of the moms gave it to me on the first day. (laughs) Aww, that's adorable. Anyways, continue. So, since it's never been observed directly, they can't really say this is exactly what it is. It's just kind of like the most popular theory. So, it's the theory is, is that a person's fat melted into their clothing and it acts as a wick to burn the body like an inside-out candle. So, the theory is the combustion is not without ignition, there is something that lights the clothing, potentially aided by a flammable liquid like alcohol, like if they've dripped some alcohol on their clothes or something like that. From this initial ignition, the victim is unable to move to put out the fire because 
a lot of them are elderly and they can't Uh really move around that well. And so it begins to burn their flesh, which then ends up going down enough within their skin to expose the fat. And then that fat melts into the clothing, which then would cause the wick that burns the body where the fat is until the body it just like runs out of the fat. So it like runs out of that like ignition sort like where it just like keeps going from it. So it stays concentrated in the areas where most of the fat is, which would be the torso and above would you know like the chest and to arm you know arms and everything like that. Which, would which is where it's most likely born. Why when it gets to the knees it doesn't have Exactly. So the less fatty areas, the lower legs are below the flame. And so they might be unharmed because they're not close enough to catch fire. There's not enough fat in the knees to be able to continue the spread. Human fat acts as a very powerful accelerant that produces a low but hot flame, which could almost completely cremate the body parts. The hydrocarbon chains in human fat makes it easily burnable and able to reach high temperatures. The most successful research into the study was done by the BBC in 1998 using a pig carcass. The pig was wrapped in a blanket with some petrol splashed on it and put into a furnished room. The blanket was then lit and after several minutes the body of the pig began to slowly burn when fat soaked into the blanket. The fire became very hot but the flames were low and did not spread. The heat rose to the top of the room and left soot on the ceiling but none of the other furnishings were affected except a TV nearer to the pig that melted slightly. By the time the fire stopped, most of the pig's torso was gone, including the bones, which had been reduced to ash. The less fatty parts of the pig remained intact and barely scorched in stark contrast to completely cremated section. This study gave very clear evidence of the existence of some sort of wick effect. However, as many believers in spontaneous human combustion will point out, an experiment done on a pig by a non-scientific TV organization is not necessarily applicable to real human cases of spontaneous human combustion. Not to mention the that FBI, they set it on fire. It didn't just, like, catch on fire. Right. They, they literally set it on fire. The FBI seems to side with the BBC, though, and their findings and have since classified many of the supposed spontaneous human combustion cases as examples of the leak effect. It is presumed that the FBI has done their own research into the topic, but their findings and research methods are not available. So when we go back and look at the Mary Rezer case, she was most likely a victim of the wick effect. They say it was suspected that she had accidentally ignited herself with a cigarette and the fat, which over time had been absorbed by her clothing, likely acted as fuel for the fire. At the scene, the investigators found melted fat in the rug near her body However, I also read when it came to her case that her lighter and her pack of cigarettes were next to her and her cigarettes were unopened. Like they still had the clear plastic wrap on it. Oh, interesting. So it couldn't have been her cigarette that fell on her because they weren't even open. And a lot of the other ones. One stray cigarette, which I don't know anyone who just like has one stray cigarette, but. (laughs) Right, exactly. You know, and if she had opened another pack, it was like if she took like the last one out of her pack, I mean, it would have been, in my opinion, it would have been sitting next to where she had the lighter. So the other box would have been sitting there, but it wasn't. 
And if we go back and look at some of the other cases, they say, you know, oh, they found him by the fire, but there was no ignition. So if, and he didn't just like hot die of a heart attack like that one guy, he didn't die of a heart attack and fall into the fire. He was just like next to one that had been there. Yeah. But they, the fire department deemed that there was no ignition source. So even though it makes sense that, you know, our, the fat in our bodies can be used as like an accelerant and it can hold heat and it can can burn things like I get that part but a lot of these cases when the police and the fire department have come in to look at the scene they can't find any kind of ignition source so then how does that come how does that fat come to burn if they can't find anything that lit it on fire to begin with yeah that is really interesting yeah it's really really weird so since 2010 In that last case that we went over, there have been no further recorded cases, which may be due to an interesting factor that people haven't really looked at too much. Joe Scott, who is a YouTuber, points out that many of the elderly spontaneous human combustion victims may still have owned flammable fabric and furniture, resulting in the higher probability for ignition. Now... Even most elderly people do not own flammable materials in their homes because they're not manufactured anymore in these generations. Yeah, true. Which could explain why spontaneous human combustion has almost completely stopped existing in the recent years. People who are most at risk for the wick effect do not own clothing and furniture that could act as accelerants. So it literally could just be that these clothes that they're wearing back then i mean they're just they're made differently but how awful would that be if it's the fact that your like clothes just like caught fire and that's why burning to death sounds like a horrible way to go that is i am so scared of that it just sounds so horrible i just like it just it sounds awful (laughs) yeah it's 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 i can't imagine how much that would suck to like be comfortable in your house and going to sleep and it literally being the clothes that you chose to wear that day that ended up being your demise. Okay, but they're saying the clothes and the furniture, but in most of them, the furniture survived. Yeah, there's only like what, maybe two or three out of the 14 cases I read where the chairs actually like ignited and most mm-hmm. of them, it was only and their clothes like, were still intact in some of them. And their clothes were still intact. Like they still had their shoes on, or their slippers, or their pants. Like if the body um, not completely sold the body, on that theory. Yeah, it, but it's honestly it's the most popular. So they did do another experiment of the Wick effect in 1963 which was in leaves and they took a small portion of human fat and wrapped it in a cloth to simulate clothing and a Bunsen burner flame was I know right like first off where are you getting a small portion of human fat my exact question (laughs) like there's no mention anywhere that this was like doctors or medical examiners did it come from a cadaver like that's what I'm saying. Like, all yourself. like, there's nowhere anywhere that gives any kind of like, oh, well, they got this from you know someone that had donated it to science, or oh, you know, like there was nothing. It was just like, oh, they just took a small portion of human fat. So we're just apparently going to skip over the fact that we have no idea where it came from. Just breeze on by that. Yeah, we're just going to keep on going. 
And they used a Bunsen burner flame, which again seems a little extreme. No one's going to be lighting a cigarette with a Bunsen burner. I mean, that just doesn't seem. And not only they're like, oh, well, a cigarette dropped on them and then caught their clothes on fire. And then the, but a cigarette is not as hot as a Bunsen burner. I mean, like, they're going to the extremes when they're lighting these things on fire. They're not using like a probable like scenario. I feel like you would know this better since I don't like never have been a smoker. <laughs> I mean, when I used to smoke, I can tell you that I mean, the cigarette, the, the flame, it sucks and it does burn. And I have unfortunately seen some cases where like child abuse where the parents would mm-hmm. like put out the cigarettes, you know, on their kids and it does leave a scar. Like it is hot enough to like burn you. Yeah. But it's not like Bunsen burner hot. It's not an open I mean, you have flame. Use, like, like, right. I mean, you have to use like an, a, like a lighter, obviously, to like light one. But I mean, unless you're holding that to your skin for a very, very, very long time, it's going to take a while to burn through your layers of skin to get to your fat. Well, and I mean, cigarettes can go out if they like the wind picks up like (laughs) so one thing that i do know and i don't know the timeline on it but i do know that in the recent history they have put something in cigarettes that basically like if someone isn't just like continually smoking it it'll go out on its own because there were a lot of issues with like people burning their houses down like they fall asleep with a cigarette Yeah, and then it would, like, fall on, like, the chair or something and light it on fire. So, in some cases, like, the people that maybe have had issues with alcohol and have fallen asleep and fall asleep with a cigarette might burn themselves. But, again, like I said, I don't know when the time period was when these cigarettes would start to go off, go out on their own. Because that could pretty much just debunk that. Like you said... The whole house is burning down, not just like the person. Right, exactly. So, and, and again, like we've said, they've never said how much heat is given off. Like when they did the pig carcass, they didn't say how much, how hot it got. Like I feel like it would be very simple to get like a little, like, you know, like heat, read on heat like thermometer thing. Yeah, that can read and you can see how hot it's getting because the body has to reach a certain temperature in order to burn like that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there has to be such a high heat that it, in theory, should catch anything else on fire. Like, a fire spreads without an accelerant. That's how houses burn down. If a couch yeah. is on fire... Especially and in these it, experiments where they were like, like the pig one, where they set the blanket on fire, you'd think that the floor, and unless they're like in a glass room... <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> And so, you know, it just, it doesn't, it still doesn't make sense to me. Now, in this, in the 63, like I said, they used the Bunsen burner and when they applied it to the, what they call the quote unquote candle, which was just the human fat and cloth, uh, they held it to it for over a minute, which again, who is going time. to be holding a flame that hot to their skin for a minute? And that it like literally it took a minute before it catch on fire. So this is what it was quoted quoted saying. One end of the quote unquote candle was ignited by a Bunsen burner, the fat catching fire after about a minute. Although the Bunsen was removed at this point, combustion of the fat proceeded slowly along the length of the roll with the yellow smoky flame in much production of soot. 
the entire roll being consumed for about one hour. This gives some indication of the slow speed with which the wick effect would be processed, which, okay, sure. And it takes a while for the body to, to burn anyways. But it's so hot. How can you have something burning for over an hour and nothing else catches on fire? Yeah, I just, I don't understand that. I do not understand it either. But not only that, I mean, clearly it's hot enough. We're having, like, in the Countess, the oil in her oil lamp completely evaporated. Yeah. Candles well, were there was completely one of them you melting. Said was like 13 hours that something was burning. Oh, yeah. The, it was the like, one where they mur- the guy stabbed the person in the Yeah, woods. and it was. And it had been like 13 hours. hours. Yeah. And the person yeah. was like still burning because they said they were like aflame when they came up on the body yeah they were it was literally 13 hours and the body was still on fire tell me how when you are outdoors laying face down in a pile of leaves and burning for 13 hours there's not like a forest fire (laughs) exactly there's no fire anywhere but yet the body's been on fire for 13 it just does not add up well and it doesn't make sense because then you have other cases where like people intentionally set a body on fire and the whole house burns down yes yeah because people will literally do that they will like like, cover up a murder they like set the body on fire and then the whole house burns down so like why is it in some instances we have where like only the body is burning but in other instances we have where like everything around it is exactly my thoughts exactly and if you think even if you look at it too from like a cinematic view, sometimes in movies they have scenes like where people are on fire or whatever and they have the fire suits on. Mm-hmm. But they have to go through so many different like safety precautions because yeah. the flames that are coming off of it will catch other things on fire. Mm-hmm. And again, they've done the studies that showed that when the fat was burning, the flames like weren't all over the place. But I still feel like the heat itself and it burning on a chair, like a recliner, for instance, that's fabric. Or Or even in a chair, like a wooden chair has got lacquer on it. If it's hot enough and there's a flame on it, that lacquer, in theory, should start to burn. And then that burn should spread. But none of it ever does. Especially the leaves. Like, Like, I can't wrap my head around the fact that that person was laying face down in leaves for 13 hours on fire and the leaves didn't catch. I know. That makes no sense. The wick effect kind of makes sense in that scenario to me. because but that's the only they were, one. <laughs> but that's the only one. Because they were stabbed, which would then show the fat in the body. They were covered in the like starter fluid for mm-hmm. coals, which would be the accelerant. But how can you have that heat for 13 hours? Like, First off, it sh- the body should not be able to burn for 13 hours. No. It just, it shouldn't. So, I mean, if she had enough fat to where it was just like this low burn for 13 hours, but again, they came across her on fire. So clearly the fire was big enough to where like it caught someone's attention. Yeah. But it and took 13 hours to like catch. I just don't see how nothing around it got caught on fire. And they found the person that murdered her. So it wasn't like... You know, the two hikers just were the ones that did it and they just quote unquote happened to find her. Like, no, the person confessed to it 
the timeline is right. They have everything on the case, yeah. except for being able to explain how a body can be on fire for 13 hours and not destroy an entire, like, Yeah, park. that doesn't make it. It makes no sense. So that is the peculiar cases of spontaneous human combustion. I feel even more confused after so, doing the research so on So much more confused. <laughs> Very, very, very confusing. I don't understand it, but if any of our listeners have other stories or other theories, I would love to hear. Lay them on us. Brittany would love to hear. Yeah, because I don't get this, but if someone else can explain it, please let us know. Because Explain it to me I'm like very... you would explain it to a five-year-old. Yes, exactly. Except for don't explain this to a five-year-old because I feel like that yeah, would don't just... Do that. That's that's not need cool. more therapy. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's let's just save that breaking it down what I call Barney style for us. When they are six, you can explain it to them. But when they are five, they are too young. Yes. Those twelve months make a difference, people. We're kidding, obviously. Children don't need to obviously. Learn about this. <laughs> no, but you know what though? My children have heard of it and they've just kind of looked at me. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. Apparently people just randomly blow up and catch on fire. And they're like, that sounds weird. And they just move on with what they're doing. But honestly, I mean, they're my kids. So I feel like they're used to hearing kids, that's how it is. They're like, that's weird. And then they're like, have a snack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. That's exactly how, it, at least in this house, that's how it goes down. Every kid I've ever met. And, yep. <laughs> I'll have a video. Maybe we can post on the Patreon of Noel. <laughs> and we're sitting there and like, we're just, you know, we're doing homeschool and we're practicing our cutting and we're making a bunch of cute little pictures. And I look over and Noel has this like heart that she cut out. And it looks like spikes sticking out of it. And I'm like, I told you she's um, my kid. <laughs> what's your, for real. I'm like, what's she making there? She goes, a devil heart. And I'm like, Oh, you're making a devil heart? She goes, yep. And then she proceeds to like bang and like smack on this heart to get the glue to stick. And my God, what are you doing? So you should so also sage your child. Yep. Sage well, it's starting extra. to get cooler. So hopefully here soon. Yeah. Sage a little yeah. extra around that tiny one. Yes. The tiny one is the one that uh, very much takes after Me? us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> about it so maybe she has a theory i don't know she sometimes talks about her past lives so maybe she knows something we don't know but yes if anyone has any other theories or anything that can make me less confused than when i started this this whole process of trying to figure it out you can email us at truly creepy podcast at gmail.com you can send us a message on our Instagram at Truly Creepy. You can do the same on our Twitter, which is at Truly underscore Creepy. Or you can go onto our Patreon and become a donor. You guys have no idea how much that helps us and how much that means to us. Thank you for everyone that is a donor. You'll see a ton of behind the scenes clips and little pod snippet podcast and behind the scenes you get access to our podcast early our vip donors get a really cool series which is our 19 crimes wine series where we 
very unprofessionally give our professional opinions on these wines and go over the crimes that are associated with them. Did I miss anything? I think you covered it. I think I covered it. I would just... I, I need some kind of closure on this because I still cannot wrap my head around it. Yeah, it's definitely a doozy. Uh, be sure to subscribe and rate us on Apple and Spotify. Uh, really helps us to get out there to uh, the other listeners. And be sure to share us with anyone else you think would be interested. Yes. And we are still gathering up our listener episode stories as well. So if you would like to send us in your creepy stories, paranormal, true crime, send them to us. We would love to hear them. Something funny, questions that you have for us that you want us to answer, we absolutely will. If you want to just say hello, go for it. We'll read it on air. We'll have a listener story here soon and we'll share all that stuff with you guys. And be sure to include if you want us to say your name or not. Yes. Yes. If you don't, if you want to stay anonymous, let us know. We don't want to accidentally say your name when you don't want us to. Like we've also accidentally triangulated our location a couple of times. It's okay. I moved. More so me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You moved. No one will find oh, you all now. right. <laughs> well, even if even if you had triangulated your location, you have your super spooky guard dog to lick people and be so excited when they the one that you guys can probably hear making noises over here. <laughs> He's just having a dream. <laughs> I'm glad you knew what he was doing. <laughs> Oh, yes. I remember the roguey dreams. He's just dreaming of me chasing him around the neighborhood again because he wants to get out of the house and have a little competition who can run faster. My roommate had to do that the other day. Oh, no. Yep. Well, there we go. There's a behind-the-scenes story that we can put on our Patreon later. The stories of rogues' many escapes. Speaking of adventures... Are we going to get a sneak peek and a little hint of what you're doing? Or are we going to be left I am going to leave it as a secret. Yes. I actually really love it when you do that because then I'm super, super excited. And then it just like makes it that much better when we finally hear. Yes. This one's an interesting one. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so excited. All right. Well, as always, have a great week and keep it truly creepy. Bye.